Hello and welcome to the Inspired Equity podcast. My name is Richard Putherer and I am the founder of Inspired Equity, the London-based investment business that specialises in property acquisition and development. On this show, we'll discuss all aspects of successful property investing, covering everything from simple buy-to-let properties to multi-million pound developments. In this special five-part episode, I am delighted to share with you some recent Facebook Live recordings I co-hosted with my good friend and fellow international property investor, Peter Liam. In this third part of the episode, we're talking about our biggest wins and our biggest losses. You are now live on video. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Good evening. Or good morning, depending on where you are in the world. Welcome to Talking All Things Property. My name is Richard Pudra, and I am thoroughly delighted and honoured to be co-hosting this event with my good friend, entrepreneur, property rock star, Peter Leung. He's an absolute gem of a human being. He's based in Hong Kong. I'm in London. And for the last three weeks, we've been hosting these Facebook Live events where we're sharing our views and thoughts on real estate globally uh, and also the current economic circumstances that enables us to find new opportunities in real estate. Now, Peter is one of the most humble guys that I know. He invests in real estate in pretty much every corner of the world and commercial, residential, he does exceptional developments and I'm thoroughly honoured to call him my friend and these events have been so much fun. They're unscripted and we're just sharing our thoughts with the world. Peter, great to see you, buddy. How are you? I'm awesome, Richard. It's great to see you. You know, I look forward every week for this moment where we get to share this little, this 40 minutes where I get you undivided attention. You know, it's fantastic. And I love you, man. You are amazing. You do amazing things. You're an incredible human being, and I always fall in love with you every time I see you. So you know what? It is really cool that we're in two different places across the world, and yet we can do this because of technology, because of friendship, because of network, and everything else that we do. I love what you do and what you're all about. So I am thrilled to join here virtually as we talk all things property, Richard. You are too kind, Peter. It's it's amazing to see you. So uh, today we are going to be talking about uh, our biggest wins and biggest losses in uh, in property. So a subject matter that not everyone will always talk about. And uh, as I'm sure the people that have seen our events before, this is unscripted. So I actually have no clue what Peter's going to ask me. And the good thing is he has no clue about what I'm going to ask him as well. So, um, Peter, um, whilst I'm sharing this to uh, to my pages, I'm going to ask you, um, okay. talk to me about your biggest wins in real estate. All right. So while you're doing that, so, I mean, I've been privileged, as, as some of you guys tuned in last week, we talked about how we, you know, we built our portfolios, right? A little bit about how we started and how real estate's, re- you know, changed my family tree, right? So from my father to me, uh, providing the stepping stone for me to be able to build a bit of a real estate portfolio, turning from him into a uh, real estate investor as well, to the point where now my son is probably going to inherit what I've built and the legacy that I'm able to provide. 
But I think the biggest win, or at least one of them certainly, was the fact that it was a property that we bought. And uh, you know, if we're talking about property specifically, are my one of my biggest wins. I remember I was on a call. I was on a call discussing a property with a uh, with actually a broker, and literally on the phone, he was saying to me, "Peter, uh, just hold on a second. He went on the other line, and he came back really, really uh, quite cheesed about um, the deal that had just fallen through with his other client." So. I was like, well, what's going on? Why are you so upset? And he was like, Peter, don't worry about it. Never mind. And because I cared, and I said, you know, that's okay. Tell me what happened, right? What went wrong? And he was telling me that there was one particular property that was all under wrap to be rented to a very good organization, a very nationwide uh, organization. And I was like, okay, well, tell me more. And he said, well, because the owner had decided to sell the property. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? So literally it was the day of subject removal. So where, you know, you know, you're basically in UK, it's exchanging. So it's basically when you exchange and the owner of the building decided to bail, right? Decided not to rent to this, you know, AAA tenant. And I was like, you know what? This is, and he said to me, Peter, this is not what you look for. And I'm like, well, no, hold on a second. Tell me a little bit more. And I remember it was very interesting because I was driving and he was driving and we're, and he was really cheesed off. And I found out that that was a property because I had asked and I cared genuinely about what's going on. That property had really become one of my staple properties to become something that we generated well over $3 million in gain in less than two years because of that one deal. Right. And it was because of the, understanding and the talking and actually getting to understand people not really just going hey you know my business is my business but really understanding how our business grows together so my biggest win you know in terms of property was that i mean at least one of them was that one particular deal and it was just because of asking the right questions and because of that it turned into where you know that deal gave an investor an investor of ours a million dollar gain on his investment one deal and from 2015 to 2017. So it, you know, that really opened up my eyes to go, hey, you know what? I, you know, it, there's so much that can be done. And that was one of the first deals that gave me an opportunity to work with investors who wanted to work with me. And also at the same time to, you know, realize the, the true potentials. And that building today can be built into a 20 st 27 story high rise in the Pacific West Coast. So, um, and of course that, you know, gave me the confidence, the knowledge, the know-how specifically looking at commercial property. So it revolutionized what I thought was a small, uh, fraction of what I could do in property to now building my confidence, my knowledge, my experience in that niche of commercial property. And that, that started the whole thing that, that basically that one deal alongside with many other deals built who Peter is today is because of asking those four right questions. And then. Um, you know, that, that changed everything. My father was like, holy crap, you could actually do this. Right. And, and everything changed. Right. And, and, and when success brews more success. So that was how the beginning of this whole thing, or one of the beginnings of how this whole thing started for me and made a world of difference for me, changing well, my mind too. It's, uh, I, well, that's, that's the big thing in business, isn't it? Um, once you open a mi your mind up to the, the possibilities that are out there, stop being binary and limited by uh, um, just a, a normal 
um, uh, left or right, yes or no scenario, trying to be creative really, really changes the entire way you can actually go and do business. And that's what I love so much about property, right? You, you uh, It is so creative. You, you know, We were talking about um, two weeks ago, we were talking about deal structure and, and, and creative solutions. And I think we need to do that as an actual topic, maybe in two weeks time. I know we've got an agenda set for, for next week, but um, being creative and having that um, ability to sort of shift your mind into some uh, um, outside the box thinking is uh, something I love so much about um, real estate. Yeah, made all the difference to me. But Richard, what about you? I have never heard you boast about anything. You're always the super most humble human being I know, right? I think you're the best looking, right? You're, you're an incredible character and you always like, no, 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 right? You're super humble. So I'd love to hear from you, what was your, some of your biggest wins? I know you've had so many, but what really sticks out as a life changer for you? Do, do you know there's, uh, and thank you for um, being so kind, Peter. Uh, the, do you know, for, for me, we, my view on business is that you should go out and actually do the right thing. And then you do the right thing and then things become successful. So one of the biggest flaws in um, I, I, the, my approach to business, uh, uh, hold on for this one, is that sometimes we don't celebrate the wins, you know, because I just see them was well, that's a matter of course. We went out to do that, and we should, of course, um, do that. We I pick up on the things that we might not have done so well to try and make sure that we're improving next time. So uh, something, even when Nina and I first started out, we were like, hmm, maybe we should actually improve on celebrating the wins. But, you know, the ones that do sit in my mind um, as the most um, prolific wins aren't necessarily about the financial win. It's the actual either getting a deal done um, or making a very, very shrewd decision that's actually changed the face of our business. And so that for me is actually probably the bigger wins. Um, I, the, the money, if you're doing well in business, should actually follow. So... Uh, there's there's a few cases, but you know some of them like just uh, I, when we were starting out, there was one particular property we lost for the um, for just two thousand pounds. I mean, just uh, you know, it's not even a, run, a month's worth of um, um, income profit on the building, and we lost out in it. And it was there was a slight mistake that we made in the negotiation, but I knew that um, that uh, one in three transactions actually fall through. And so I pestered that agent. I rang them quarter past nine every Wednesday morning for about four months because I'm like, that was such a good deal. I just really, you know, I did, and I, I was actually in a meeting and I looked at my phone because it was on silent, but I could see it ringing. And it was this lady that was the agent. And I went, oh, excuse me to the person I was in a meeting with. I said, I have to get this call. And she goes, Richard, you know you've been ringing me every Wednesday at 9.15. She said, the transactions fallen through. Do you do you want the deal? I said. I said right, and I held my phone back like this. I said. I said. Excuse me. I've got to leave this meeting for a moment. I just went outside. Within about three seconds, they had proof of funds in that, that my my lawyer was engaged, and it was done. It's only a relatively small property, but um, it you know it's it's just it's a really good lesson that persistence pays, uh, and and just knowing that I just you're going to be the first person. Sorry, I'm going to be the first person you call. But so that's one of them. I um, the another one that's I I get asked, uh, you know, I network prolifically, and I often get asked the question, "What was the the one thing in the business where you went? Oh, hang on a second, we've gone from sort of good to 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 great." 
Right. And it was a decision I made. And uh, again, it was, a, it was just going back a few years ago now. And it was a development project. And it was a relatively uh, small project by what we're doing now. We converted it into um, to five apartments. But uh, the situation was there, uh, there were two other investors that locally to, to this property who I knew, uh, good guys, do some great things similar to, um, to, to what I do. And I knew they were looking at this property as well. And um, I, looking at my track record, I was buying properties a little bit uh, less than I was negotiating harder. And I thought, well, hang on a second, if um, I know they're involved, they would be happy to pay more than I was prepared to pay for so I could lose the, uh, um, the, the project. Anyway, one of these guys said, hey, look, um, I know you're involved in this, uh, this property. I know this other guy is as well shall we go at it joint handedly because otherwise you know we're we could all miss out and um i i wanted to do all the project myself um but i also knew that if i was to do it myself i would probably lose it and i said yes now the funny thing is i've had a number of people particularly at the time saying to me haha you're daft you've given away a load of your profit um why did you do that but this development, actually, we, that, that was part one. And we've then redeveloped the site. We've now got uh, 11 units on there. And it's continuing to, uh, we, we will, it's got a large car park at the rear. And we know we can get uh, another block on there. So it's continued to grow. But a couple of things that happen, by taking that um, almost like a sideways step and saying, I'm going to share this deal, that particular deal um, got, us quite a, um, got us noticed. And um, there, it was it was interesting because a magazine article was written about me and Nina about that particular project, which then meant that we were um, approached by another magazine article, which then meant that we were approached by a radio show and then another radio show. And that's where the brand just went. And it really changed the shape of our business just from a branding perspective. Uh, but also with development funding, you can only get development funding if you've previously done a development. Um, so it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation. But because we'd done a development um, joint handed, we actually pulled our capital resources. So we didn't need development funding. We actually developed, funded it in quite a creative way. But it meant that we had a development under our belt. The next development was a um, development value of 3.6 million. We got 2.2 lending from development funding purely because we did that project. So because I gave a bit of profit away to share a deal, it springboarded us into much, much greater, bigger projects, got us funding, got us on the map, built the brand, inspired equity. And so um, the financial rewards were good and nothing like huge to write home about, but what it did to change our business. It was a really shrewd step. And looking back on it in hindsight, I'm glad that we made that decision. So that's a real cool one for us. Yeah, so see, Richard, you bring it really good because it's not being short-sighted in property. That's very important, right? So I know about you You and I both on our, our scales, we want to buy and hold property. We want to be able to build out a portfolio. We want to build a legacy. We want to build a an empire in what we do. And we want to continue to do it. We're not in the business of flipping necessarily. I mean, that's a great strategy, but both you and I carry on the perspective of a building a portfolio basis. And having that vision over the long term is very, very important. And, you know, not having, not just focusing on how much, you know, dollars and cents that you can make immediately or how this is going to impact, oh, you know, it's all about the numbers. And, and we did cover this like last week, talking about how relationships are very important. 
right? And, and what that means about doing business, about developing a relationship, about building out something that's going to outlast you and I. And I think that's very important because you didn't take that short-sightedness of uh, you just going, hey, you know, how can I do this property on my own? And then, you know, take all the profit and everything else like that. So that's, that's very wise of knowing that you aren't looking at the immediate time, the immediate future, but something that's a longer runway. That's, that's a great thing you did there. It, th- thanks, Peter. It's, um, it's being strategic. I, I see so many people that are getting into property um, make that mistake. They'd rather try and make 100% of the profit um, and therefore get zero deals done. And then 18 months later, they're still sitting there going, oh, I've not done a deal. And I'm just like, look, there's, um, you, 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 you need to buy an experience. It's, you know, it's so, so important. Work with people that have done it before, learn from them and grow. But you know, this, for, for, um, for me, it's, it, that was a, it was a real turning point in the business. Um, a, a, a solid decision that actually really changed the shape of what we do. You know, when you, when you bring that up, like Richard, I think that, that, you know, on that tone, one of the things that really gave me a whole different paradigm was when, um, you know, we were actually in, in 2019, we were nominated entrepreneur of the year in Vancouver. Uh, and, and, and it wasn't, it wasn't the nomination that mattered. It was who nominated us. It was actually the banks that nominated our organization to be actually uh, nominated for entrepreneur of the year for 2019. And for us, that was a turning point. Actually, we went back to them and go, well, why did you do that? Like, I mean, they only get one vote. I said, well, why, why do you believe that? Why do you believe that we were able to do that? And it was because of that relationship we built with the bank, why we had built that track record with what type of finances, what type of deals, what type of due diligence do we do before we even go to them with a the deal so it doesn't waste their time, right? They look at the deal and go, you know what? Have you done your homework every time you know, you've done the homework, you've done the due diligence, you've done everything that we need and you're prepared. So therefore we can give you the best that we can do. And that's why we gave you a shot. It wasn't because uh, certainly we have the biggest portfolio because there's lots of people with bigger portfolios. But what really was a paradigm shift was the SVP of the bank actually called me up and said, hey, this is what you did. This is why we nominated you instead of you know, somebody else. And so to me, it was a very big turning point understanding, you know, it's our reputation, it's our integrity, it's our honesty, it's how we do business that makes our business move forward. It's not about, you know, if if you're focused and on your point of being focused on the immediate future, you will miss all those things, all the checkboxes that would have made a career just because of those dimes and cents. And unfortunately, we see a lot of people who really just focus on oh, how much money can I make on this deal? And they're willing to step on other people or make, uh, you know, you know, de- de- you know, reduce their brand because of the things that, you know, they're looking at uh, in the immediate future. So that, that, was a, that was a very big lesson to me. And I've always, because of that, kept the integrity, you know, make sure that it's always about what we do right, not when, not when no, you know, when, when everybody else is looking, but it's when nobody is looking and that I can say without, without any doubt that you carry that same level of integrity and that same level of respect for you, your business, your family, and who you represent and your partner. So that, that's, that's a fantastic thing. You know, you just shared with me there. So, you know, that's really cool. So, but on to our greatest losses, 
Why don't you enlighten us? What, what, what really then stuck out as like, man, that really hurt? You know, um, this is a really tough question. I, I'm, um, there's sometimes um, profits are reduced when you're in property because of shifting market, uh, extenuating circumstances. Sometimes losses can be incurred. And uh, this is when I say in the beginning, not many people will talk about these. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm interested to see how this next part of the conversation goes. Um, but I'm going to actually give a, a, a statement beforehand because, you know, there are times where we've gone into investments and we either have not had to proceed, which naturally through that process, there are abortive fees. Uh, and you know, on occasion where there's a situation of market change, We've um, actually been very, very close to the mark, but at no point, and this is, a, I guess, a, a health warning for, um, uh, for, for for my business, at no point have I never been able to pay my investors back their full sum of money invested. Now, we talked about this last week. It's um, Everything is um, asset-backed, so there's the security. Worst case, our investor gets all of their money back. Um, so now we're given that, that that health check. There's you know there's there's deals that we've not secured. So again, right at the outset, so you, you know they're the biggest losses. You think, damn, you know there, there's something that's happened. But uh, you know, to say the the biggest loss is time. Um, I think so. Again, not a, a financial aspect, but you know, so, um, on occasion I've worked with the wrong people and it slowed you down or becomes distractive or disruptive and that, those are things that I would urge in, and this isn't a, a real estate or property thing this is just business um, in general um, that really hurts you, you know you can always go and get another deal make more profit and and go ahead but it's the distraction that working with the wrong people can really um, have on your business and I guess for me that's the biggest loss where I haven't worked with the right people um, on, um, on occasion but that is uh, business. You know, we um, we'll continue to um, employ, and sometimes you know things don't necessarily work out. But it's, it's making sure that you work with the right people and dealing with that swiftly. But you want to hear about a property deal, right? You don't want to hear about it. It's like I'm almost trying to divert away from the uh, the, the, the subject. So um, there's a, a, a couple of uh, projects that probably sit in my mind, and one of them was a, a, a large office buildings one that I, I talked with you about a couple of years ago and yeah, um, I remember that building uh, I remember that awesome building right so uh, vast uh, just shy of a hundred thousand square feet office building uh, mostly tenanted by uh, a British government department so you think hmm, pretty good tenant and um, we'd spent a number of months uh, going through the due diligence on it Rental income per annum, just over one million pounds. So it's a nice, nice property. And um, there was future opportunity and scope to actually convert into residential. So this was another one of those projects where if you sat on it and had it in your portfolio for life, you'd be very happy, but you can also then start carving up the property and um, changing use and actually bringing capital back in as well as getting that income. Uh, we'd raise the capital. Um, so the banks, you know, the banks, it was such a cracking deal that, that two of the banks uh, had actually started getting into a price war with us. And we'd driven down that uh, that mortgage rate. So everything was in place and we were ready to, to, um, to sign on the, the dotted line. However, there was one piece of information that was outstanding. And it's something that I have been pushing for quite a while. 
and it was the maintenance log from the management company. Um, and because we we had we had the full structural report, we um, looked at that. But there there was something that was concerning me about the windows. And because of one of the government departments, particularly on the top two floors, we weren't allowed to spend much time on them because of the, the nature of the, the documents that they had within their office. And so um, I wanted to establish what the tenants have been complaining about. And this came through at the last minute and it realized my fears that there was an issue with the windows. And um, so to replace the windows was just over a million pounds, so big chunk of uh, big chunk of capital, and uh, we didn't want to amortise that over ten years. We needed to see recovery in five years, and um, we could actually s absorb about six hundred thousand of, of that, but it left a big big chunk that was on hope value. Now you know I'd go, well, I th yeah, we can absorb that, and hopefully we'll be able to to pay for it. But that's not how we run our business. And long story short, we had to back out of that deal. Now, um, it's disappointing because it's it was a landmark building. It was, uh, you know, we, we liked the uh, annual income, uh, but it was the right um, thing to do. Now, the losses on that, the, the abortive fees were about £14,000, so not, um, not large sums of money. Um, but people ask me about that. I say, hey, does, does that not uh, annoy you? I said, well, no, that, I, I actually didn't lose that money. That was £14,000 invested to make sure I didn't lose £600,000. I would do that all day, every single day, to make sure we're making the right investments. But I said, we've raised all of the capital for that one. All of our investors got their money back. No, uh, not a cent less. We absorbed the abortive fees. Um, but, you know, again, there's positives that come from that. It puts you on the map and then you can go out um, despite the fact that you've walked away from a purchase. But you know, it was information that was withheld from us. So uh, we aren't the bad guys for, for walking away. That should have been um, on full disclosure to start with, particularly as, as we were asking for it. So uh, not a huge financial loss in terms of money, but direct hard costs, obviously a million pound a year. Uh, the, uh, the, the equity that would have built up in that property as well. Uh, nice deal. But it wasn't to be, and we made the right decision. That's and I remember. <laughs> the, you know, I remember you and I were speaking at Starbucks, and we had lunch. And you were like, "Hey, Peter, what do you think of this deal?" When I was in London, yeah. So uh, we we were talking about how to make sure that due diligence was done, and everything else. And and I remember, I very vividly remember that you bought lunch. So thank you very much for that. I, um, I very well. vividly remember that I bought lunch. So I think it was. 14,000 and uh, uh, 14,100 pounds or something I lost in that deal because but yeah. that, that hundred pound was even better invested as well because you know, it's, uh, it was always it's always that's catch up with you, Peter I'm going to spin this back round um Peter what's the um the, the biggest loss or the uh, the no most notable um uh, situation in your business that you learned from I, I think it's, uh, I think, well, like we said, we were completely not scripted. So I didn't know what your biggest losses was, but I will tell you without a doubt, one of the biggest losses has always been investing in people. And I don't mean losses as in investing in people, but also my mentor, my first mentor in my life, aside from my father, was a guy by the name of Swan Wynn. And uh, you can find him on my Instagram. He's one of my, uh, I was in my finance career. And he said this to me, he was a Vietnamese guy that he said to me, Peter, a fool trusts no one, but a fool also trusts everyone. 
And I was like, wow, I didn't really get that. You know, like, you know, when you're young, you don't really get it. And then I realized in, in, in property or anything else, you know, we we're naturally trusting human beings. And I like to trust people. I, I love to be just like your deal. You're thinking, hey, you know what? Nobody would seclude information from you. Why would they hide these things or intentionally not tell you about them? So, you know, trusting people is in our nature, but it, it's trusting, but verify, right? And so for me, a lot of my, you know, time wasted or, or business transactions was in investing in people. Because for me, even till today, I will say that is where I invest most of my capital and also my relationships is working with people, finding due diligence, making sure that we can build up a relationship and work through the projects that we have, right? So it's not a project which becomes your project or my project, but it's our project. How do we do things of that nature? And I remember that was the, that was the biggest thing was, was for me, it was like being frustrated because, you know, there was times where early in my career, I wasn't doing the due diligence. I was doing the due diligence on the deal, but I wasn't doing enough due diligence on the people. And I think that was something that really gave me a shocking truth to my career because then it was like halfway through something, you'd be like, what? You didn't tell me that, right? And now all of a sudden, could it be refinancing issues? Could it be, you know, financial issues? Can it be like, you know, challenge with family, right? Or, 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 or marital status. I'm like all that stuff as, as partners, hey, you know, I would, I would hope and I want that transparency and I would expect the same, but not everybody tells you the information that you need but it's up to us to go find that, to build that relationship and to spend that time knowing each other. And that's where I started in the UK too, working with, you know, how do I build up that level of due diligence? So how do I angel with people at the very beginning rather than doing joint venture deals to the point where, you know, you do some joint venture deals, but no development work to the point where you go, okay, we've done a couple of those. We're comfortable. Let's maybe go into development projects that take longer than 12, 18 months. So it's a, it's a due diligence process on people. And I think that was something that was a very big learning curve. And I'm glad that I had that over and done with really early in my career. So I, you know, just like you, we, we prolifically network. We get to know people. Now we want to get to know them deeper, not just the surface value, not, not the, uh, I know that some of the people that commonly we know, you know, it's not about the cars that they drive. It's not about the, you know, the, the, the glamour. It's not necessarily about, you know, how, how amazing their, 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 their home is or all that. That, that's just a facade, but what's, you know, how is their work ethic? How's their integrity? How is their, um, their ability to manage finances? How is their relationship to work with people, right? And I think that was a very, very big lesson for me, whether it was from finance to, uh, to, to a property, to my restaurant business, it was about, that was a hard lesson for me. It was learning how to work with people, how to build a relationship with people. And also then from that matter, how to be able to do due diligence to verify, trust, but verify that they're capable knowledge, experience, and capacity to handle the projects that we're about to take on. So I think that was, uh, you know, because of that, those were, those have been the situations where it moves projects to be a longer time scale, or moves projects to become, um, you know, stale until we can find a resolution, right? If they're joint, if they're working on the project, or if I'm working on the project, so it's resolution. Now, you know, the caveat, same thing, right? We've never had a deal where we had to go, hey, you know, investors have, are are not getting their capital back, right? But at the same time, those things slow the return, 
right? Those things detour the amount of problems that you're going to have or vice versa, that their experience would matter a lot. You know, people say they have done this and say they have done that, but it's not what they say, it's what they do, right? Mm -hmm. And that's when I realized, you know, early on in my career, it's not about, you know, what, what meets the eye, but it's really important to get to know the people behind everything and verify what they've done. And that's why we prove everything that we do. The track record, we provide the documents to provide everything. This is not only what we say, but this is what we have done as our track record and been able to prove that time and time again. And I think that's why it's important. And that's how it came to become, you know, my model. And I know it's yours too, that we invest into every deal that we do. We invest into every deal we do because for me, that's really important. Knowing that I sit on the same side of the fence. And that's part of my due diligence for a lot of people who, who pitch me projects what's in it for me? And secondly, what are you putting into the deal? And that was, and, and that's part of that due diligence. So I, I don't invest into other people's deal unless they have vested interests, same opportunity like I, they believe in the project just as much as I do, if not more. And that's very important to me. It, that Peter is, it's like a, a, a gem. It's so, so true. I, now, I, I see lots of, uh, sadly, stories that where things have gone wrong, where people have, have, have met. Um, it's like a very quick uh, relationship, and they go, oh, let, we, we do stuff together. Um, it's, uh, and I, I see this um, you know, falling by the wayside. And, uh, the, and what a lot of people do, and I, I've seen this only just recently, now, when people are going into the relationships, they don't appoint a lawyer to, to, um, to document the uh, the rules of engagement. And at the end, when you're trying to actually appoint a lawyer to fix or actually extract the, um, the situation you're in, the costs of that are significantly more, not just for, for the lawyer, but obviously the, the money that's now at stake. And um, the it's, it's, a, it's such a valid point. Uh, it's um, the, the, during the, doing the due diligence on, on the people um, people, a lot of people can talk a good game. Uh, it's a real shame. They don't, um, don't actually then um, follow through on it. So, um, yeah, being absolutely uh, prudent and making sure that you, you do the due diligence. And if you're investing in a deal, make sure that the other person is investing in the deal too. So, so important. It's a great advice there. Before we wrap up, I mean, actually, uh, David... Uh, ask us a question. Can you tell us what you've learned from your worst loss episode? Um, so what lessons did you learn? Um, whether it's that deal or another deal or, or just business in general, what, what, what lessons have you learned from, you know, these, these things that you've gone through? The uh, plenty of lessons. Uh, the, the, the David, wonderful question. I, I thank you for, for raising it. A uh, couple of golden rules there. So uh, firstly, uh, if you make a mistake, that's okay. Just don't make it twice. Um, the the example I gave uh, about this office block, you know, that could happen again because that was an issue that came out through due diligence. So I saw that as an investment. And we will continue to do that because you have to invest in the due diligence to make sure um, a, a, a deal is worthwhile. Uh, but right. changing the subject a little bit, I see... Uh, a lot of people feeling that they need to get into partnership arrangements. And I'll be careful how I say this because you know, at the beginning of this Facebook Live, I was saying how I did a, a joint venture. That, that relationship with those guys is still strong. You know, as I say, we've got other developments on that same site to actually fulfill yet. 
but I see a lot of people jumping into um, uh, uh, um, business partnerships for a number of reasons, and sometimes those reasons aren't right. Uh, some people think it's to spread the workload, but if it's to spread the workload, don't get a business partner, get an employee. Um, you're not going to be um, splitting your um, uh, or ownership of your business and your profits. You're going to be paying them a salary. It's easier to manage. Um, so uh, um, get a staff member over that. And if uh, it's because you want to bounce ideas off somebody, because you know sometimes you know starting out, I, I was fortunate. I started out with Nina. We, we have staff in the business now. But if you're just looking for someone to bounce ideas off, that's actually got that right business acumen. You know, you, your, your employee might not be able to um, uh, uh, help you with that. But again, rather than getting a business partner, go and get a great mentor or coach that's able to, you know, you actually keep on retainer and actually ask them for advice on your business, but be in control. Trust your own ability. Trust any training that you've had. And you can actually go out and, and do this. You know, it's um, so people fall into partnerships for the wrong reason. That can be very costly. Um, because then the direction of the business can be completely compromised. Um, and you also, for those reasons, are they um, the person they say they are? So um, be right. very careful. So those are things that uh, I've learned from, but getting staff in your business is important um, as well, because you know, I love the saying, uh, if you don't have a PA, you are the PA. So uh, <laughs> um, make sure that you're actually scaling your business. So it's important. Right. No, that's a, that's a very, very good point. And I think, you know, if I, if I may just add on that in terms of partnership, you know, it's not what meets the eye. Again, going back to it, it's, you know, it's, you know, getting into a relationship, it, you know, you, you date before you get married, you date, you get engaged, and then you get married. You don't really just get married overnight, right? And, and whether it's people meeting at courses, whether it's people meeting at events, right? It's, it's always like, hey, you know, do your own due diligence, right? And, and also at the same time on the point of, you know, getting a staff, I think that's brilliant. Not finding that partner to actually bring ideas off. And there's communities of people, which of course, you also run a, a networking meeting in, in, in London. Work with people who have no vested interest and get that's where objective opinion comes from you know, really third party opinion, not, you know, you're asking your business partner, some of those things is going to be, if it involves costs or involves, you know, splitting hairs, not everybody views the same. So, you know, when you're, when you're in the picture, you can't see the frame, right? And so getting a third party perspective, whether it's that coach, mentor, a network of people or a mastermind or people, I mean, I consider you one of those people when I do business to, to be able to bring those ideas on how else can we monetize? How else can we build this business? How else can we monetize on, on the structure or, or the rezoning or the applications to better enhance the business? I think that's also something very important to get that circle around you in property because that is going to be priceless. Your network is your net worth. So I know that, of course, JT mentions that a lot and, and yeah. I absolutely stick by that. And that's why I have you in my life. Likewise, Peter. Yeah, and the it, it, it's so important. Impartial uh, um, fellow colleagues in the same sector, and that's one thing I love about real estate. Yeah, there's a few people that have their own agenda, but uh, generally, you know, technically, we we do the same thing. Yeah, we're in different locations, but the thing I absolutely adore about real estate and people's approach to it is that um, uh, view of abundance. There's enough to go round. And so when you forge relationships, you know, um, if I ask for your opinion, I know that you're going to give it for my best interest because you're impartial to it. So 
Um, but what it also does mean, it means I have control of my business. And that's really the, the key, control. So um, it's, uh, you know, relationships, like our relationship is just invaluable. And uh, I know this is one of the things that I particularly love. And it's also a wonderful segue um, to what uh, I th think we're going to be talking about next week as well. So um, before um, I wrap up, I'm looking at times where we're, we're, we're bang on 40 minutes. Before I, I wrap up and talk about next week, Peter, closing thoughts from you for today, please. You know, I, I, I think this is really important because, you know, it's like what I say. I mean, I live in Hong Kong. So, you know, a lot of people go to Macau, right? Where it's the biggest gambling city in the world. And, and people will always tell you about their wins, but never tell you about their losses, right? Everybody boasts about how well they did on this and that. But, you know, go deeper than that, right? Go deeper than that. It's the same thing, whether you're looking at a property. I mean, you do a lot of due diligence on, on the property, but how much due diligence do you do on the people? So be wary, not with, not with just pure blind faith, but also not with the not trusting factor, but just due diligence on the people, get to know the people, get to understand who the contractors are. And that's, and that doesn't just go with business partners that goes with contractors that goes with accountants, even lawyers, right? In terms of what they've been able to do, what type of projects have they done similar to yours that can help you expedite because their experience matters, right? Not, they're all not all created equal and just don't trust what meets the eye. That's, that's what I'm going to wrap up with today. Fantastic. Peter, I love your insights. I'm, I know everyone watching will do too. It's invaluable and I love spending this time with you. So Peter, thank you. Closing thoughts from, from me. Uh, I talk largely about so, um, the, um, you know, the biggest wins weren't necessarily financial ones. They were um, decision-based or how, um, you know, getting a win that uh, just feels good. One of the things I didn't mention um, is, and I did did so consciously is that what property can actually bring for you and one of the things that I am so very 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 grateful for being so involved in property is the network of people that I now have around me from doing what I do it's an extraordinary industry and the people around me are phenomenal uh, I have access to some of the the world's most prolific investors in real estate and they've been sharing things with me uh, to help me grow and uh, this is what this is all about so for the um, you know the real biggest win again it's not a financial gain but it's the um, what comes from being in this space and being uh, you know just making sure you're connecting and the reason i close on that is because next week we're going to be talking about how to build great relationships and how to expand your network and it's something that i know peter is going to be sharing a wealth of knowledge about and uh, I'd like to think I know a little bit about it too. Um, so we're thoroughly looking forward to that. So uh, next Thursday, uh, 5 p.m. UK time, midnight uh, uh, Hong Kong, and then uh, 9 a.m. Um, over um, Vancouver time. So thank you all so much for joining us uh, today. Peter, thank you also. It's an absolute pleasure to see you. We'll see you all next time.